0: Hey, everybody. It is 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. My name is Andre Anderson, and of course, I'm both the host and founder of BSTL. And of course, what does it stand for? Building something that lasts. So I hope you're okay. I hope you're doing well. I hope everything is going well on your end. And of course, we're here uh, to have another one of our great um, conversations. And by the way, let me just say this. If you haven't already done so, uh, you got to make sure that you have liked and subscribed and you have shared. And uh, I can't remember if I told you, uh, but just in case I didn't, uh, we are now on uh, YouTube as well. We've expanded and extended uh, where it is that we post some of this content that we've got And I'm excited that we've now jumped on to YouTube, and that's exciting, which means we've got another thing that's coming soon. I won't tell you uh, what we're going to do yet, but it is coming soon. So anyways, uh, today's topic is uh, the ripple effect. And I know that you've heard it before, and maybe we're going to talk a little bit more about this in terms of leadership, but I want to make sure that I at least highlight what it is that we're going to be talking about today. So this ripple effect thing is important, right? Um, And maybe I should start with a story. Uh, So one of the things that every kid loves to do, those that know how to do it, uh, is we love to skip rocks. And as a kid, based on where I grew up um, in uh, Scarborough, there's this place called the Rouge Rouge. Uh, Ravine And uh, some friends of mine and myself, we used to go down there often, especially uh, during the warmer months. We used to go down there because they had some water. And I'm sure the water is still flowing down there, but we used to go down there sometimes. And, of course, those of us that um, have been around long enough, we've even been to uh, various places downtown and even out here in the Durham area, uh, where Lake Ontario extends to, so one of the things I used to really love to do, and maybe not so much now, <laughs> as the uh, arthritis is beginning to kick into my uh, my arm, but I'm I'm fighting that thing. Is we used to love to skip rocks, and skipping rocks, some people might see it as being you know silly, um, but there is really an art and science behind it. And, of course, first of all, you've got to choose um, some rocks that are heavy enough and uh, some of them that are a little bit sharper, etc. you got to choose the right rocks. And then once you've got the right rocks, pebbles, you've got to be able to choose um, how you're going to throw it, the angle that you uh, put your body in to ensure that you get this, like, fluid motion so that not only is your rock hitting uh, the water, you don't want it to go plunk, uh, but you want to make sure that it's skipping as far as you can. And of course, as kids, when we used to uh, skip these rocks, uh, whoever won wasn't so much the person that skipped it the furthest. We were just calculating how many times you could get your rock to bounce on top of the water before it sunk uh, to uh, the, the, the base of the lake. And so, of course, this is um, something that kind of connects us to what leadership looks like, right? Right. And those of us that are leading, uh, those of us that are inspired and motivated uh, to do well, we know that we are always constantly in the midst of throwing or skipping rocks. And of course, we're no longer talking about uh, skipping rocks. Really, what we're talking about is how it is that we accomplish what it is that we are trying to do. So let me start off with this. Um, This idea of skipping rocks in leadership means that there are going to be some times where even if you are being strategic uh, and even if you are trying to be intentional, there are some things that you will have to implement in the process of moving your organization forward. So yes, many times before we've talked about this idea about mission, vision, and core value, um, but we haven't necessarily talked about um core values mission and vision as it relates to people so much so we're going to talk a little bit about that today Um, because the idea is is that no matter how good an idea is that you hope to implement uh nothing is going to move without people behind the scenes and this is no disrespect uh, to ai that seems to be just moving and taking over processes and the work that people do Um, but for now we are still people driven we are still Organizations that are driven by processes, but ultimately it is our people that make a lot of these things happen, whether you are on lower management or upper management. So of course, as we're talking about this ripple effect as it relates to people, we often have some ideas, things that we would like to um, implement. And of course, if you are a leader working in an organization, whether it's a smaller organization, but definitely a larger organization, you want to be able to implement some things and analyze the impact of what it is that you're actually doing. And so what do I mean by that? Well, the thing is, is that you have an idea that you are implementing um, in the corner office. And I've often referenced the corner office because I think that's the space that creates the change, but it's the people on the front line that ultimately have everything to do with whether or not a great idea flies or it sinks to the bottom of the ocean or the lake. And so one of the things we have to do is, is that when we are thinking in terms of mission, and we know that we have to implement some ideas, some processes, some things, as we are skipping this rock, which is the metaphor for change, we wanna make sure that we are in constant dialogue with the people that have to implement the change. And what do I mean by this, right? So let's just say something is about to happen at the end of the first quarter um, of the year, and it's a major decision that has to be made. Um, It's a difficult one, but it's something that you have no choice uh, to implement because there's a direction that you are now heading towards. Once you have implemented that change, you want to early in the process see how is it being received, not just by those um, that will experience the product that you are trying to sell and develop, but those that are responsible for getting the pushback. Um, from those uh, that are experiencing some of the changes that you are making. Uh, What do you mean by that? Well, um, sometimes I think as leaders when we have a really great idea and we think that it is something that is definitely going to move the organization forward long term we have a tendency of saying well we're going to ride this one out because we know long term it's going to um, be a good thing for the organization you've done all the analytics You've taken a look at all of the strengths, the weaknesses, the opportunities, um, the threats behind the idea. You've also taken a look at what the cost analysis is going to be. But here's what you don't know, especially if it's a brand new idea that's coming out from left field. What you don't know is what is going to be the pushback um, once you have moved from idea to implementation. So what ends up happening is is that as you are implementing this thing and you know that even though you're going to be taking a look at your numbers within the next quarter or the next year from then, you also have to be intentional to make sure that the people that are responsible for fielding your phone calls or the ones that are frontline that get the pushback from your customers, you've got to hear how are they feeling about the change. Now, it doesn't mean that just in case you don't get a lot of um, positive feedback on the front end that you're going to change um, whatever it is that you've implemented. But what it does mean is is that there is a ripple effect that comes out of the pushback, the the newness of the change. You've got to make sure that you are supporting those that are um, implementing the change so that they don't burn out prematurely. And I think this burnout thing is real. I mean, during this pandemic, we have um, heard a lot um, and we've watched a lot and we've um, seen a lot of podcasting with a lot of different leaders that have been talking about burnout. Um, Burnout is real. And part of the reason why there is a lot of burnout, especially during this pandemic that we're now surging out of, is that people have to to deal with this grind of having to deal with um, some of these changes and some of these pivots um, that nobody really knew um, what the the, the feedback or the pushback would have been, Um, but the truth is people were burnt out because they weren't sure when... um, When all of these changes would become a lot more fluid and so they've had to suffer um, fielding questions, um, making excuses for and waiting for upper management uh, to come back and say, all right, here's some of the changes that we made and we may have made a mistake, um, but we're not sure when we're going to correct that problem. And to those that have to um, be a part of the major change, right? They're a little bit further uh, down on the, the, the food chain. You've got to be able to tell these individuals honestly and transparently, here's what happened. Here's what we were thinking about doing. This is what we hoped would have happened, but unfortunately there are some unforeseen challenges that have occurred in the process. Number one, we're sorry, but number two, here's what we're working on to make sure that things on the front line for you are a little bit better. And I hope this is making sense to you because as leaders, um, we sometimes can hide behind uh, the office doors, we can hide behind executive assistants, Um, We can hide behind a lot of individuals, but the truth is, sooner or later, the people that are responsible for the change that you have implemented, you are going to have to face those individuals. And, you know, um, I've seen it before, where at times uh, we will talk to the individuals who are thriving well with the change, right? So we look at those individuals and we say, uh, despite uh, the pushback, uh, despite some of the complaints that we are hearing, uh, here's Andre, and Andre is thriving and doing very well, and so therefore, really, there isn't a problem with the, with the um, changes, with the project that you are trying to implement, so let's keep pushing forward because we know Andre is doing well. Now, the struggle with that is Andre is one of 15 or 20 or 200 people. Andre is a different temperament, he's got a different personality type, he's at a different stage of life, he may be new and sees this as an opportunity to grow and um, experience the challenge of change. Or maybe Andre is at the point of retirement where he says, look, regardless of what these changes are, I'm not going to be here for much longer, and so therefore, I'll embrace it, I'll do the best that I can, and then in a couple of years from now, regardless of the stress that I'm feeling, I'm out, so it really doesn't matter. I believe that we have to hear from those that are doing their best with it and thriving and we also need to do our due diligence to make sure that we are checking in with individuals who may not be doing so well and here's the thing right Um, when we are implementing these changes that have these ripple effects. Uh, Some of the individuals that may not be thriving, they were our top performers initially. Like in the old system, they were doing extremely well. And they were some of your top performers. And the reason why they're not doing so well isn't always because... Um, They are no longer motivated, but there's something about the change that doesn't necessarily uh, click so well or do so well. So as leaders, we've got to not just look at the numbers. We've got to look at the people um, behind these numbers to ensure that our numbers are not skewing what the real experience is for those who are feeling the impact of the change. And this is also why um, we also have to take a look at processes as well, right? So we, we've got to hear from the people that are being impacted by uh, these changes, these ripple effects that are now bringing new change, new stresses, new challenges. We've got to check in with those people. But then we also have to come back to the drawing board and take a look. Now, remember, we're not changing what it is that we have to do. Right there's no other alternative. We have to use that software. We have to use that hardware. We have to change some of the or, um, the hours of our operation. Those things we have no there's not a lot of wiggle room there. But what we can do as we're looking at this ripple effect is we've got to take a look at the process. Um, you know, outcomes matter. I was having a conversation um, with somebody recently and we were just talking about leadership and we were talking about the importance of outcomes. And the outcome is not just the product. Um, that you are providing. The outcome is also um, the morale of those that you are working with. And here's the thing, sometimes there are things that we implement as leaders that we ourselves don't fully understand. You know, years ago, um, I, I was working at that, that time for a financial company. And um, one of the things I loved about this gentleman, uh, he was really great, definitely a leader that I would work for anytime. Um, whenever there were changes that were implemented um, in the office, we had a director that was in our um, organization that would literally leave his, um, his office space, uh, some of his responsibility and he would come out sometimes for two to three hours and he would sit on the phone and he would take some of the phone calls uh, that were coming in when, whenever we would make some of those changes and he would sit there and he would try and navigate and troubleshoot some of these problems that we would have to field just to get a sense of hey what's going on there and as a result of doing that let me just tell you number one we respected that guy. Um, We really respected him because we knew that when he was like, okay, we've got to make changes, he made those changes, or he made those changes happen, or he would say, look, this right here is just about the learning curve, and of course, that's another part of the ripple, right? So we may have this thing that's got to be um, running like a well-oiled machine after six to eight weeks. But you've got different people that um, learn differently, and they may not be thriving at the end of the curve that you're looking for, but in six months from then, those same individuals that may not be doing so well, they're going to pick up, and they're going to do better. So I digress, and I go back to this director that I used to work for. When he would come out, it would give him a greater sense of the process that would be required. And not only was he taking some of these phone calls to hear um, the complaints and feel the intensity he was also taking notes because one of the things that i loved about how he led is that after he would be finished with these phone calls after his complexion went back to normal he had a little cheat sheet with him and then he would as our director go and speak to regional directors and vice presidents and and other individuals that made different types of decisions a further um further up the food chain and he would say to them look The the change that we are trying to do, um, they are great changes. They are necessary changes. In order for us to remain um, competitive, we've got to do this thing. However, these are some of the things that we may need to think through a little bit better as it relates to process. So the outcome is not just the product itself, but the outcome is how are people experiencing these changes. And recently, you know, as I met with my leadership team, we were talking about some things that we have been discussing for the last couple of years, and as, as the person that is chairing some of these major meetings, I went back into the meeting and I said to them, look, let's talk a little bit about how are we doing. Uh, What are some of the things that we are doing well or not so well? Are there some challenges that you have identified um, based on what it is that you are actually doing? And how are we going to be able to make some changes? Now, I didn't tell them that we are turning backwards, Um, I didn't give them the assurance that we are going to continue to plow forward and it doesn't matter how they feel, this is what we're going to do. No, that's not the methodology. I want to hear from them in terms of how they have experienced the changes uh, pre-pandemic, but I also wanted to talk with them a little bit about how are these changes as it relates to um, moving forward. And by doing so, one of the things that I've discovered um, is that even though you may be uh, clear yourself and maybe even though the uh, general uh, numbers of individuals may be clear on what it is that you are trying to do, you do have to come back and re-articulate. So this initial um, ripple in terms of implementing a new idea, you've got to come behind it and re-articulate and maybe sometimes even change the way that you are talking about the change in order for people to understand it in a different kind of way. And we're not talking about intelligence. You know, I am one that believes. Um, that if you have done well from an HR perspective, uh, whether you are working with paid individuals or individuals who are volunteering their time, I think the the principle is the same. Most organizations have very intelligent people, Um, but what we we don't necessarily always do well is we don't necessarily equip people, A, with the tools, or B, um, with the communication piece to ensure that they are clear as to where we are going. Because here's the other thing thing that I've um, discovered, that sometimes when individuals are not clear um, because you haven't um, reinforced what it is that you are trying to do, where they sit in the process, they may begin to implement their own change, which may work. Uh, In the positive sense, but it may also work in a negative kind of way, because if they are making adjustments to the process, as they have identified ways to do things differently, um, but they are not sharing it with the overall team, then you've got another ripple that is going to happen. Um, because they may no longer be experiencing the same stress level as everybody else because they're doing things differently. As a matter of fact, by doing things differently, they are no longer implementing what it is that you are actually trying to do. So the other part of this conversation is, this is why in this ripple effect of change, collaborative communication is essential. Let me say that one more time. Collaborative um, dialogue is essential. You've got to make sure that you are not um, diverting or regressing into a method where you are speaking just to one person here or one person there in passing, or you have these little Zoom meetings or office meetings that you're having where you're talking to a few individuals that get it and hoping that they're going to be able to implement and and continue to push the changes forward. No, you've got to continuously, and it has to be a value, by the way, collaboration has to become a value value that you are constantly using because it's not so much that you're always looking for feedback, but you never want to get comfortable being okay with a small number of individuals being the ones that are always first to know, um, first to hear you are or reinforce things, no, you've got to constantly put people in the room and keep talking about it over and over, and I can't stress the ripple effect of redundancy, so after you've made that initial change where you have had to shift and move things around, you've got to re-articulate and collaborate and reinforce whatever the idea is, because sometimes people forget and or sometimes people hear it a different kind of way. And so why is this whole conversation important? Uh, Because there are several different nuances and ripple effects that go into change management and leadership. We have to, as leaders, make sure that we are focused on the impact of people, but we've also got to be focused on the impact of process. And that's why one of the things that I'm doing right now, I got to be completely transparent with you, is I've been on this binge of reading and um, researching um, how systems are created. How do you implement change in terms of what is step one and what is step 10? And in between these various steps from one through uh, to 10, you're also trying to take a look at what are the possible threats that are created by these necessary steps that you have to make. So I'm saying it, it still comes back to courage. Um, And if you are a leader, this conversation is not intended um, for you to fall backwards and default uh, to what is the, the norm or what it is that you generally do. No, this conversation is still intended to help us to continue to move forward, but moving forward with courage. Uh, Without a process is a recipe for disaster. And so you've got to also be able to understand where are we in the process? Where are we in the life cycle of our business? Where are we uh, in terms of the metrics that we are measuring? Because as you are looking at the ripple effect, I'm sorry leaders, you never get to look at one thing at a time. And that's why you've heard in uh, previous podcasts as we've been having these conversations that when you are a leader, the higher you go, yes, you've got to be able to understand what's happening in the grassroots, but you also have to have a purview that is far enough away that you yourself don't get um, caught up in the minutia of things because your job your responsibility not just to the organization but to the people that you are leading you've got to be able to see most of this thing in a broader sense so that you don't necessarily get uh, bogged down by a small detail that yes must be fixed but no you're going to pass that along to the various levels of your leadership because your job is to look at the big picture and understand the 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 big picture and the impact on the micro level of your organization and that's the beauty about um bifocals right so i I know i'm gonna have to get it i was talking to my sister um just uh, the other evening and we were just talking about these glasses these transitional glasses And I wish I would have known who it is that created these transitional glasses. Maybe I'll figure it out by the time we get to our next podcast. But these transitional glasses are essential um, because they both help you to see near and far um, at the same time, depending on what it is that you are trying to focus on. So these ripple effects that we are looking at, in essence, in principle, we've got to, as leaders, be able to look far and near at the same time, but as a leader... You can't be the one who's trying to fix the issue. You've got to leave that to the people that you have placed on the front line. But at the same time, you've also got to continue to have these conversations with the individuals that are responsible for the process implementation to say to them, look, this is how the people are experiencing these changes. And so, therefore, these are the changes that we have to make in the process to to ensure that nobody is being left behind. So how do you deal with this uh, ripple thing? Here's the key word, the takeaway from this conversation. It's got to be collaborative. You've got to have people in the room who are clear on what's happening, people in the room that are not so clear on what's happening. And by putting everyone in the room and having these nuanced conversations that are both short and long in duration, I promise you, you are going to emerge with a stronger product, a stronger organization, because you can't just throw out change and leave it there. You can't just throw out change and force people who are, um, experiencing the change to adjust. No, your job as a leader is to help them to adjust by having the empathy and focus on the people, but you also have to make sure that you're taking care of the process that impact the people that work and work and lead and lead and change and change with you. If you'd like to have this conversation, uh, bstlinc21 at gmail.com. I'd love to have this conversation with you. And again, thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and or share this with those that are talking about leadership because there is another way. I promise you, there is another way to lead, but we have to focus on the people and the process all at the same time. Until next time, take care. This is Andre, both host and founder of BSTL. And all we're trying to do is build something that lasts one ripple at a time. Take care until next time.